0: All righty, guys. Welcome back to Moggs. We got the full OG squad in the house. I know it's been a while. We're all busy as shit, but we managed to do it. So me, Ben, Tom, John, we're all here. Uh, hey. we're to talk about. <laughs> I know, right? We finally did it uh, today. We're going to talk about the post-show phase. Uh, so, what to do? You know, considerations during your prep to you know have a life after prep. Um, And then what you do coming out of a show. Uh, We might talk a bit about how to handle multiple shows and stuff. Um, I think we're mostly going to have John um, lead most of it, since I think he's prepped the most people. Ben has prepped a decent bit of people, too. Tom has prepped a few, and then I'm the least experienced because I've technically only prepped Kara. So I'm more so going to try to guide the conversation and such. Um, But John... Uh, do you want to start us off with an outline of how you just even think about this topic or how you go about organizing it with your clients?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, for the most part, and I'll be pretty honest, like I uh, something that I had to address was I think you kind of, I mean, there's what's perfect on paper. And then I think there's perfect as to like, what is actually going to be able to be followed and Everyone has their like protocol of like you blast drugs out of the show after, or you don't take drugs or you get good in the health phase or you slowly titrate food up or you slam in insulin. I mean, I have a way that I like to do it, but I think the biggest thing that's probably not talked about is really where is that athlete's mentality, right? And I'm sure everyone here, even Jensen with your mock prep and stuff like that, how long were you dieting? how much did you suffer to get down and how long were you suffering to continue to do that? Right. Cause we just saw the, like, it was what, five weeks ago, four weeks ago. Now we had the Olympia and I'm not going to name names, but I'm sure you guys all know, we've seen some Olympians in the gym and we see the ones that are still holding it together. And then we see the ones where it's like, Holy shit, you competed four weeks ago. (laughs) So um, I think it's really like, more just where's that individual's mentality and what are they going to actually be able to execute more than anything because even just the, and this kind of applies to all things and i know tom probably sees it a lot within training and stuff like what's perfect on paper is great but if that individual one can't do it or two isn't going to enjoy it what's the real benefit there
0: so say someone maybe we can start from worst case and build up to best case I guess so if someone had to do uh, I don't know 30 week prep their body was barely responsive for last 10 weeks and they had harsh drugs in the mix with fat burners with androgens like trend Uh, but they got in shape I mean they got that they got in shape Um, or they they had a quote unquote maybe uh, more easily successful prep but it just the process fucking brutalized them or they got in shape for I don't know, some qualifier show, but then they had to maintain that for six weeks. So they've just been incredibly depleted for a very long period of time. All three of those, I guess, would be kind of like, I don't want to say worst case scenarios, but the ones where physical health and maybe mental health would be the most concerning. How do you tend to handle situations such as those?
1: Oh, man. Um, And this is like, something that, again, like I've had to address quite a few, especially this year. Um, you know, the individual who's just been absolutely crushed the last like 30 weeks or whatever the case may be, uh, I th- what I do with almost every individual, especially if I can h- think they can actually handle it, and when I say handle it, I mean in the size of the individual, the caloric expenditure, and then potentially mentally how much food they're actually going to be able to eat. What I really like to do is give them – let's just say it's a Saturday night uh, show, give them Saturday night off the diet and then potentially three meals on Sunday or whatever they want. And most people, Ben, Tom, I'm sure both of you could probably speak on this after you've had a full day of just like f- forcing food down, you almost feel disgusting. And you're like, I kind of just don't want to eat anymore. I you know, I kind of just want my chicken and asparagus. Let me get back on my cardio. Cause your fucking eyes feel swollen, edema edema's real, like you just almost feel nasty. And then most people are ready to almost jump back on plan. And so whether that's post-show or bridging the gap between shows, I see a really good response with that. And I don't want to say there's like an uptrend in metabolism because I don't think it's a big enough window to be able to do that. But I do think that there's probably a drop in cortisol and then what I'll typically notice is the next Saturday, once they just get back on plan, regardless if we're aiming for a new show or anything, they hit a new low. Mm-hmm. And I, again, like, I'm not going to attribute that to like, there's probably some metabolic upregulation, but how much of that is just like, we were just driving you into the ground the last 16 weeks to try and get you there. And now we just overfeed you for a bit and your body is like churning like an engine, you know, or, or just cranking things out. So That would be like my ideal scenario. And then from there, I'll just, again, put them back into their deficit and whatever cardio they were doing. Let the water clear. And if we're going to start our off season from there, then I'll go ahead and I'll feed into the individual's mentality of like, where are you struggling the most? Is it the food? Is it the cardio? And if you had to pick, which one would you rather do? Because some individuals are like, dude, I can eat the low food. I'm just tired of doing two hours of fucking cardio. Like I'm wasting so much time in my day. I'll I'll continue to stay on my low diet. Just let's just cut the cardio in half. And then you have the other individuals who are like, I'm starving. I want to eat everything under the sun. Let's take my calories up. I can get through the cardio if you can give me more food. And that's one thing that, again, like I've had to address a little bit more rather than just being like, okay, here's what I see. Here's what I want to do. Because as we all know, just like when you're kicking off a growth phase, you're probably gonna wanna slowly titrate food up and get that caloric expenditure down to whatever you had to do to get that individual lean to start that growth phase. So this is no different. The only difference is it just took a bit more to get that individual, so they're so responsive. And in my perfect scenario, most of the time, and I I would be curious to hear everyone's thought process on this, I just put individuals in the health phases I'm not really taking and doing the like, well, cut your drugs in half, keep the test at 500, keep a little bit of, you know, maybe swap the trend for NPP. Because in in my personal opinion, what I see is eight weeks following. One, if you've just been running, let's just say it was a 12 week prep, 16 to 20 weeks, whatever, you're running that individual into the ground. They've been at least hammering for three months. I think it's better to just give their body a refresher. And you should be so anabolic at that point and insulin sensitive just with food, you're going to start making progress. So I don't see a need for drugs in that period. And then what I do see is when you do that and you rush that kind of reverse rebound phase, and I do think some progress can be made, but then eight or 10 weeks, however long you run that phase somewhere, it's usually six to 10 weeks of like, we'll cut the androgens in half, pull out orals and all that stuff. I notice At that point, now we have to take the health phase and then that individual is softer. And so it's like, well, shit, do we go back into dieting or do we just fucking hold here at the softer look and then reinsert drugs in another eight weeks once you're healthy? So in my personal preference, I'm like, hey, for the next however long it takes to get you healthy majority of the time it's somewhere around eight weeks this can vary obviously and we can probably talk about that within females and getting hormonal regulation and function back to normal um but typically it's eight weeks we can just get caloric expenditure out and slowly get food leptin ghrelin baselined and then eight weeks once the look starts to soften put the anabolics in we know we're going to see a recomp just from adding those in So I would rather have you healthy and then eight weeks just kick off the off season. That's my perfect scenario. Tom, I know you're definitely familiar with the recovery diet. Um, I I know you know exactly what I'm talking about with that. That's kind of come to the forefront lately. Um, So I would really love to hear everyone's opinion as to what you do. Ben, I also know Phil, I know what Phil likes to do post-show and I'm sure you've probably done the opposite of everything I've just said. Um, So (laughs) I'm curious to hear everyone's kind of like opinion on it. (laughs)
2: yeah i mean for me what i've always done in a post-show period and this also kind of depends on the person's health i mean if you know they don't really handle peds very well post-show it's probably going to be a mess so probably not a great idea to do what i'm about to say but with me i handle them pretty well and it's never really too far off anyway so post-show we'll keep drugs in um, not anywhere near the same amount that you would in a prep, but they're still in, they're still above, you know, a TRT level or cruise dose. Um, and then food just sort of slowly goes up. Cardio normally drops off immediately. Um, and that obviously also depends on the person, whether they need it to stay tighter or not, but cardio normally is like pretty much just taken away completely. And then food is brought up. I mean, I don't really know exact numbers, but let's say maybe like another thousand calories in there from whatever your lowest in prep was Um, then just sort of slowly working up from that. And then as the look starts to fade and gets a little softer, um, it just sort of depends on how long you can prolong that phase. Um, It could be like six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, whatever. It just sort of depends on how quickly it fades. But the goal really is to stay as lean as possible while slowly moving your food up. Um, but the drugs in that situation, like food is very, very powerful in in that scenario because you've been dieting for so long. So you don't need a lot of drugs. I'm by no means telling you to take a gram of test and like fucking, you know, 600 milligrams of trend. Like, no, you don't need that. You can do like probably, I don't know, 150 tests, 150 master on every other day, something like that, something pretty mild, but it's still, um, above, you know, normal levels Um, and that's kind of what I have done personally. Um, what I like to do with clients is pretty similar. Um, but really the only difference would be with food. Um, I sort of look at their whole day and when they're the most hungry. And I sort of, I I take the whole anabolic window bullshit out. I don't worry about how much I'm doing pre or post. It's really just keeping them satisfied throughout the day. I don't really care where the food goes. I'll ask them like, you know, when are you the hungriest? When are they most likely to break and eat off plan? I'll put more food in that window just so that they're more um, satiated. But other than that, yeah, I mean, drugs are pretty low. Like I said, low test, maybe, maybe you only need test. You might not even need another compound, just a little bit higher test. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much for the most part what we do. And then after that, Going to a health phase, the health phase itself, the food could be lower than what your rebound food was. So the health phase could be used as a recomp and fixing blood markers at the same time so that when you do go into the off-season phase, you're not sloppy or soft or anything like that. You can sort of pull back on some fat as well. But that's kind of the way I look at it and what I've done. But I like I like what you said too, John. That's that's I'd like to try that either with myself or with a client also because I like that approach.
3: So for me, honestly, um, I see it both ways. And it obviously all depends on the client and uh, the case, what it took to get to um, that condition in the first place and what is happening after. If they're going into a show later that year, if they're going into a long off season or if they're just bridging between shows. But uh, honestly, with the client I prepped, um, I did something more similar to what Ben Um, was saying was, you know, keeping a little bit more base anabolics in, uh, obviously pulling it down. I think the exact number, if I'm going to give it, is like probably 30% of what peak dosage was um, on PrEP, pulled it down to there, just left in uh, testosterone um, and growth hormone, and that's about it. But besides that, honestly, um, I think it's so case dependent on the individual. It's so hard to give uh, clear and cut recommendations. One thing I can say to do uh, that I found you know pretty good utility in is raising fiber, fats and protein immediately post-show, regardless of if they're going into a rebound or reverse, um, just based on the fact that that typically helps with hunger signaling, uh, helps with, you know, any type of Uh, gastric emptying, not having uh, that food just burn straight through you, keeping you a little bit more full throughout the day. And that typically helps with adherence for the most part. Uh, Like John was saying, something along the lines of the recovery diet is something you could uh, do as well, which is, you know, more so like a rebound slash reverse. It's kind of like an in-between where you push food up pretty quick, aggressively from the start, try to get back to a decent body fat percentage within, uh, you know, that first like three to four week window and then kind of taper off from there. Um, I see that as a good approach as well. But again, all of this is so case dependent on the individual that it's so hard to uh, give a clear and cut recommendation to the general public.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing we could even talk on, or I mean, is, uh, I guess probably be a big dictator in this is, I don't know about you guys, but I like to get labs immediately the week following the show. And then from there, you can really make that decision of like, well shit, do we need to go immediately into a health phase or can we milk another eight weeks out of this and try and like immediately start that off season kind of like, I guess, push up because there's probably going to be people who don't do that. And then it's like, well shit, you already were in bad health. You just ran, you know, fucking three orals for the last eight weeks. And we probably should just focus on getting healthy. Your EGFR is shit or whatever the case may be. Um, But yeah, I think that's something we could really talk on. And and I would be curious to hear um, both of your opinion. Then, so when you guys did that post show, how long were you able to milk out that? I guess I would say immediately growth. And then when you did implement it, did you notice burnout on your end or the client's end with the, the rebound? Because I know for me, it's typically a 20 week prep. So by that 20 week that, that marker being done i'm like so mentally taxed where it's like the first week after the show i may even may not even go into the gym it's like i don't even want to fucking see the gym i don't want to apologize to all the people that i was just an asshole to for the last 10 weeks of prep um like what did you guys notice you know first off
3: Um, so honestly, I haven't noticed too much burnout, but I can definitely see how that could be, you know, case dependent on the individual. Again, if they had extremely hard and long prep and got to that. Point in the first place that they're probably going to be um, a little bit more wanting more freedom post show, um, a little bit more leeway in terms of things. But uh, in terms of burnout psychologically and physically, um, what I typically do with clients is you know that first two weeks post show, I'll tell them just come in the gym, get easy workouts in, just you know get a pump, and then from that that point forward, I'll send them a pretty you know straightforward program to follow for the rest of the reverse diet up until that health phase. Um, But honestly, that that's been a good way of mitigating it is just, you know, balancing life alongside bodybuilding, which is one of the biggest things in that post show phase is the return and normalcy um, and not being so locked in with everything. And obviously it's not going from just, you know, being 100% on point with everything to just fuck bodybuilding, I'm going to eat whatever I want for like the the next four weeks. Um, It's more so a gradual process of building up to that um, over time to that return to normalcy. Um, And obviously, how fast you you titrate up to that point is going to be based on that individual psychology, um, whether they're able to, you know, handle a little bit more strictness post show in terms of, okay, you know, you did really well at this national show, you got third and you miss your pro card by one point that's probably going to be a lot of motivation for that person to want to go into that reverse dive rebound and that's a big thing too is like you know if someone is motivated I don't see a reason why not to hop you know back on kind of more of a strict plan um in that post show window and just use that motivation um as a way of you know extending out that phase of progress in the first place yeah
2: yeah um yeah <laughs> similar similar to what you said normally after a show for me at least i'm pretty motivated um i don't know about you guys but i can never really sleep very well i'm just wired like crazy because i've been so tired for so long and i finally get some food and like all the pressure from the preps off and i feel like i can breathe again and i just i don't sleep a whole lot i really should sleep more but i'm just on the go like anything i couldn't do because i was too tired like I'm doing dishes. I'm doing laundry. I'm fucking doing everything. Cause I'm just like, wow, I can move again. So I'm definitely in the gym. I mean, other people I'm sure is the opposite. I could definitely see um, wanting to take a, a step back after, but I'm in the gym um, clients. I like for them to be in there, but again, like pressure's off, you know, you're out of prep. So like your workouts, not saying they don't matter, but like, if you get in there, you get a pump, you're going to grow from that. Cause you're so sensitive. I mean, as long as you're training at like, I'd say at least, I don't know, 85%, like you're probably going to get something out of that um, just off of a pump alone. But as for how long you can extend it, it really, like for me, it kind of just depends on how crazy I go with the cheat meals. Um,
1: nowadays, well, I don't really... go... Sorry, let me rephrase that. No, how What's long that? Are you guys, I guess, pushing that, we'll say like Tom said, a 30% reduction in androgens window? How long are you extending that out? post-show because i've seen anywhere like i said from six to ten weeks is generally what i see um but i don't know like i guess again case dependent lab work mental yeah Yeah, i mean like you said
2: it's case dependent but
1: i mean you're you're
2: right you're on the money it's about six to eight weeks i'd say and then you drop into a cruise and fix everything
3: yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't extend that period out past 10 weeks, honestly, even if the person's blood work is good, rather just pull that down to baseline from that point forward, kind of, you know, get them, their body to a more sense of normalcy, return to a state of health that, you know, they weren't at in, during that post-show post phase. Um, even if their blood work was good, I still see, you know, kind of merit of pulling things back. You can't be running gear year round at high dosages. There's going to be some point where you're going to have to make that trade-off of, okay, maybe I'm not going to be performing as well at this point in time, not making as much progress, but I'm going to pull things back down to baseline, give my body a little bit of a break so we can carry this process forward for years, which is the goal of bodybuilding is not just, you know, this next six to eight weeks. It's about carrying it over throughout the years because you don't look like bum after a year or two of bodybuilding. It takes a long, long time if you have well, this genetics. Speak for yourself.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right i i I had one question that i wanted to toss in the mix for you guys because you're kind of talking all around it so say we have the androgens at like 30 percent of the peak that they got up to during the prep all right so somewhere in there i don't know maybe 300 to 900 megs a week just tossing real rough numbers out of how that might work out for a range a range of uh male clients (laughs) i'll say what do you guys think of the idea of keeping the androgens there um but using a decent bit of GH plus a little bit of slim to help process the food, get that IGF one going longer. Um, I know someone not going to use names, but I know someone that did that. It seems to have gone pretty well. I've heard it's becoming more of a thing. Kind of makes sense to me, especially if you're someone that responds to GH really well and you can either afford pharma or you've created UGL source. Um, something I wouldn't be against trying, John, if you ever wanted to try that, but curious if you guys have any thoughts on that.
1: Um, I, I, I'll be the first to tell you, like, I want am a naturally very smaller person. So, and I was even going to message the chat about this last night. Um, but, um, I love GH and insulin primarily just because I noticed a really good response from it. Like, I, I feel like if you're not that person who can just kind of pound food and take drugs and you see a noticeable difference overnight, you're probably going to need a little bit of at least insulin in there to partition those nutrients. Um, so I love it. I don't quite know. I I, I only say that just because I've never done it. Um, I've never used Slin in a post-workout window just because we've all talked about or sorry, post-show window, because we've all talked about how nutrient sensitive you are. I would be more fucking afraid of going hypo. Um just because I don't think the math, which if we do, like, the bodybuilding math of, like, what is it, one IU per 10 carbs or whatever, I don't quite know if that would really line up when someone's extremely depleted. Um, and I could see some people just, I'd say, get, getting reckless with it more than anything <laughs>
3: So with both of those, you got to consider water retention. That's going to be one of the main things. You're going to be gaining a shit ton of water post-show anyways, regardless, because you're going to be extremely retentive. And obviously that depends on diuretic usage and how much you dehydrated going into that show. But you can even see that rebound happening for about two to three weeks with some people, which is something I've seen with some people. They just keep gaining weight and water and you don't know what's going on with them so for that person who's you know pretty sensitive to water retention i wouldn't see high doses of either of those really having any application whatsoever, just based on the fact that you're going to have crazy edema, your hands are going to be swollen. Uh, it's just going to make things a lot more uncomfortable. And you're probably going to also be putting a shit ton of stress on your heart and kidneys from gaining that much water in you know, a pretty short amount of time. Again, like John was saying, in that post-show window, you're going to be extremely ins- insulin sensitive anyways. It's not like we see di- diabetics walking around like Ronnie Coleman, right? The whole point of insulin is to help with that nutri- nutrient partitioning when you don't necessarily have that in your favor. But when you do, I don't necessarily necessarily see application with that. Uh, but for most people, what I do is typically have a uh, baseline growth hormone dosage around year round, and obviously that fluctuates up and down based on the phase um, so growth hormone will be left in. Whether or not we titrate that up to a high amount is going to be based on the individual. I can say I've never done that personally with myself or my clients, but um, again, I'm not saying that's something that it doesn't have application whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I just same. I've, I've never tried it. So
3: what about you, Ben? Oh, wait, I just um, want to bring up one one thing. Yeah. Nick Trigilli actually had a funny story about him. I think he was blasting 27 IUs of. Sarist him immediately after a show um and like two i think he had to go to the hospital in like five days because of the amount of water i think he gained probably 30 pounds of pure water not even cheating on his diet just from the ghm water retention from that alone so that's one thing that you know immediately popped up into my mind right there that's just so, stupid yeah that's that's. <clears bad. throat> I, I mean
1: for any time what, what the hell do you want 27 units for
3: Okay. well, I I will say when you said, (laughs) yeah,
1: I I talked to Andrew about John Meadows and he was telling me that after John Meadows made weight for the Arnold, he sat down with him when they were sitting there and he instantly slammed a whole pen of Pfizer um, just to bring back the fullness. So I can see that being one one spot where it's like, okay, this may be beneficial. And he was like, yeah, Yeah. they're like right there. Just in one shot
2: <laughs> yeah but very few people are that dry that's yeah
3: true. and that's only for a day it's not like, yeah. oh. are like six weeks in a row and oh, yeah
2: but really? no i um i i you i i think i can't really remember to be honest it's been a little while since i've competed but um, i'm pretty sure i use insulin in the in the rebound phase it's not a lot it's maybe like five units pre and post but pretty sure I use it um and I've I've never had growth hormone in because I haven't been able to afford it until now so um I've never had it in a post-show phase but I'm pretty sure I've used insulin and I mean I don't know pumps are crazy post-show anyway but that was probably why mine were crazy as well
1: yeah and then so like really quick I want to touch on this um and I- it, I I hope that we're not speaking over your guys' heads, um, Jensen or Ben. But have, have you guys implemented a recovery diet with anyone? Tom, have you?
3: Um, no, honestly, I typically just go in between a reverse and a rebound, kind of more moderate. Um, but not, I wouldn't say it's like the recovery diet protocol, um, word for word exactly.
1: Yeah, the only time that I've seen it beneficial is which coincidentally it aligns with the people who made up the recovery diet is natural. with naturals exactly. Um, Which I hate prepping anyway. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. With, I, I had like pen, like nine people in the Ben Weider natural and almost all of them I had doing recovery diets just because for the, and it makes sense, right? Like the thought process of like, let's try and get your body back to a normal baseline so we can fix those hormones as quickly as possible. We don't see that with people who are, using anabolics because we're putting in anabolics to control those things and androgens
2: yeah that's true i i don't even i've never heard of that at all to be honest the recovery diet but is it it's like
1: 3d energy <laughs> or something
2: like that yeah it's
3: um eric helms recovery yeah. diet i think it's in the muscle strength pyramid book if anyone wants to get yeah. that read
1: yeah, take a look at it. It makes sense. Like the thought process behind it does make sense.
3: Go ahead, Jens. I think you
1: were going to say something.
0: You, well, you started actually transitioning into the next question I was going to ask perfectly anyway. So you started to say, you know, as we're getting in the post show phase, you don't see it with bodybuilders because we're injecting all of our hormones. But um, for women, it's a little bit different. So I was going to pose the question Should women allow themselves to, or even purposely regain? weight and or fat specifically faster uh for you know their hormone dysregulation to be resolved a little bit faster, ideally leading into a full menstrual cycle, you know, as quick as you can without throwing on just fat during that process.
1: Oh woman. Um (laughs) and that's like just throw everything we said out the window and just apply it all to mental. Uh, <laughs> it's and it, like I said, I at nine, I think out of the nine who did the Ben Weider natural, it was half of them were females and all of them were up 10 pounds within two weeks. Most again, implementing the recovery diet. Uh, and now what I'm seeing is like while on paper, again, it may have been perfect. All of them mentally are fucked. I'm literally have a call with one right after this. Hopefully you should watch the podcast, uh, but um, they're all mentally fucked because they, yes, they gain weight really quick. And of course we've all battled that as well. Let's be honest. If you're doing bodybuilding, you have some type of body dysmorphia. <laughs> if you, it, you have it now after the show more than ever. So they're all, and I think that that stressor alone could cause more problems than maybe benefit. Because they gained 10 pounds in, in two weeks, which on paper and everything, their calories are to normal. I instantly pull out cardio. We should get a cycle back instantly. But now they're stressing about everything where I'm like, is the trade-off really worth it? Um, so yeah, man, that's a tough one. Um, I will say, and this is the biggest thing, and we all probably know this individual, they won a really high level, um, Show this year. I'm not going to go further than that because I don't want to have any kickback, but um, the more androgens that are needed to hold that look understand the worse the reverse is going to be. And with females, we're not typically going to do what Ben and and Tom and Jensen just talked about, where we're going to keep those androgens in post-show and try and kick that rebound off. Um, so understanding that the more drugs that were meant to hold that look, probably the worse that swing is going to be. And you can keep their food low, keep their cardio high, and just slowly trickle it up like you would a male. And the fucking weight, I swear, just seems to just swing on night by night, like pounds and pounds. Um, and I'm sure Sierra would talk about this, so I'm going to use her as a reference. I did not have to use... I would not say it was very little drugs, but I would not say it was abusing drugs either. Like I have seen with some of the other wellness girls or the physique girls or things like that, but we just slowly cycled out the thyroid slowly, or we got out those orals immediately. And it was like overnight, the look just immediately got softer and the weight just started to come on and on paper, it made sense to do everything. It was like, we're just going to slowly bring your food up. And it was like 10 pounds within like five days. It just, right, so, yeah.
3: Yeah, I was, that John pretty much took the words out of my mouth. i preface this by saying I've never prepped a female before. But just knowing, you know, people in the industry having friends and obviously being around the sport for a while. Um, I've seen plenty of those recovery diet protocols being implemented with both natural and enhanced women. And for the most part, if you're gaining a lot of weight post-show, especially as a woman, uh, that's extremely mentally taxing and could be even demotivating. Um, if anything, that's one of the things that uh you see is like people tend to fall off like immediate, like six weeks, eight weeks post-show that's typically the number one time people quit bodybuilding like period if you had to ask me um based on my experience that that post-show window is where people are like all right i can't fucking do this reverse diet i can't fucking stay on point anymore i can't handle the mental taxation of seeing my body just you know crumble right in front of me um and i risked my health going into that show in the first place and now i'm Dealing with all these mental issues and body dysmorphia post show, it's just an overall net negative for a lot of people. And I can understand why someone may make that decision of, you know, just deciding to stop bodybuilding because it's so mentally taxing. So that's one thing you have to consider, is also like we've been saying this entire podcast is that athlete psychology. If you know they're that person that's like the Michael Jordan of women's physique competitors, and they're just like, I don't care, I just want to win, I'm going to get as big as I want to get and just tell me what to do, then that that's a person you could probably implement a recovery diet with. But um, with some people who may be a little bit more sensitive, some people who may be a little bit more emotionally connected to their um, body image and, you know, things things of that nature, uh, that may just be more of a conversation thing as you go, of like, okay, well, how do you feel this week? How do you feel you look this week? Okay. Or do you feel like things are getting better? And it just comes down to that week to week communication with that client and how you're going to be pushing those different variables, whether it's food, whether it's cardio reduction, um, et cetera.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent.
3: Like, and I, man,
1: is like, i word for word and I'll use Jensen, you know, her, um, Emma Davis she was like dude i'm literally following everything you're telling me i'm doing all of my cardio i'm doing everything and i'm still gaining weight what the fuck and i'm like dude, you just gotta understand like that's part of it and so that's where now i'm like kind of i don't want to say kicking myself in the ass but i'm definitely like fuck is it better for these girls to just like slowly bring them up like i would a male
0: I- so I think with um, with Kara, I actually like the way that you're thinking. I'm almost thinking the opposite in a sense. Like I've thought this, this has gone back and forth in my head for a while where I'm like, I think she would actually be better off right now and would have gotten more out of the last like four months or so. So she just got her, like she doesn't care. She posted it on her story. She just got her menstrual cycle back like a week ago. So it was like around four months or so. So we like threw a whole celebratory thing about it um but i think if i'd allowed her to regain fat faster after the show her estrogen would have gotten back to normal sooner and she probably could have made more gains during that time actually probably put on less fat during that time so we were so concerned about not having an excessive amount of fat accrual that i think we actually held back how much muscle she could gain and limited fat gain um by just keeping her too low on the size of calories, maybe. Not enough free meals, but here's the thing to jump back way earlier in the conversation, you know, John, how you were saying if uh, if you just have like three meals like you have like Saturday, you know, you have big meal after then you have three big meals Sunday, you're almost just like force feeding food or you just eat a bunch of shit, you feel like shit. She was like that even just after one free meal after her first show, she had pizza, got sick. And I thought she wasn't even going to be able to do the Tampa show where she did way better. So we're like, fuck, are you kidding me? Like your stomach's that sensitive? She was fine. Obviously killed it at Tampa. Um, but she, she didn't enjoy having like a ton of free meal foods after that. Like she wanted to be on plan. So I was like, cool, we'll do that. Like we'll literally just build just as much straight muscle as we can. But That is not exactly how the cards played. I mean, she physically and mentally probably would have been a lot better a lot sooner if I'd been like, no, babe, like we're getting we're doing a date night like Friday and Saturday. I'm bumping your calories up like to like twenty seven hundred from the jump rather than like I think we started off like fourish and then built up to that over the course of like six weeks or so. Um, So I don't know. I mean, it can go either way. So don't don't jump straight into the like doing it super gradual because that that didn't work perfect for Kara.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's so fucking hard, man. Like, and and the biggest problem was like most of these competitors that I'd put on there, they were first time competitors. So they can't even give you real accurate, like, I don't want to say real accurate biofeedback feedback, but they can't tell you like, well, last time we did this, and that completely fucked my mentality. Right. So like, it's, it's just like a, it's just so hard to say again. And and so I hope this truly helps people that do listen to this because I have a lot of clients dealing with it right now. Like what's going to be the best for that individual. And it, it really comes down to as much as we say it in bodybuilding, which makes no fucking sense because it's a sport of comparing yourself to others. Don't fucking compare yourself to others. Right. Like, and what I wanted to reference that what I was, I was asking you guys is if you don't know who, uh, Emma, it's, it's I think it's Emma Schuberg or shoot. I'm, I'm Emily. Calling. Yeah. Um, I know Ben, you know, her cause she trained at powerhouse in Pittsburgh. She yeah. is a fucking animal, but she <laughs> said this has been her worst reverse to date. And if you look, I swear she was fucking shredded year round. And I was like, man, that rebound is going to be ugly. And sure enough, she's the heaviest she's ever been, and it's four weeks post-Olympia. So it's like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's everyone's different. And I wish it was as simple as, like, where you can execute like robots, right? So I don't One know. One
3: thing I do want to ask, um, John, is have you noticed a difference with natural women uh, in terms of the way that you handle that post-show versus women who may be on TRT with, you know, micronized progesterone and estradiol alongside of it, have you, you know, seen any application of like, perhaps a different approach, maybe like you were saying, more that recovery diet with the natural versus someone who already has that hormone replacement in the background, uh, even if their menstrual cycle isn't, you know, hundred percent on point, they're not having an ovulatory menstrual cycle, uh, in that post-show period, would you still see application for a recovery diet for a person who is on TRT? Um, I would say,
1: so like for the females that I have, um, and, and I'll just speak from, you know, the, the individuals that we all know is like Blanca was like, I don't have a cycle and that's not in the cards. Like, I don't really care. She came to me telling me that. And I was like, okay, well then I guess I'm going to kind of treat you like a small male and we're going to slowly bring food up and slowly get caloric expenditure out, which fed into her mentality of like, I don't want to get fat this off season. And I was like, trust me, I don't want you to get fat because I took over nine weeks out and you were already doing zero carb days. So um, I'm right there with you. Um, And same thing with like Andrea after her, her pro card. um, It was, I just slowly, Started titrating things up and I'd fed into her mentality a lot better. And, and you know, hindsight's always 2020. 20. With a lot of these individuals who were natural, I think it may have made more sense to slowly bring things up only because we all know that how much stress can play a role on the menstrual cycle. We have people that have no stress at all. And their hormones are all messed up. And we know they'll still like, they're just hanging on a thread and getting their menstrual cycle where you have the other thing on paper where it's like, you have the individual who's eating 2,200 calories and doing no cardio and not training to failure, but because they're so stressed out about the fact that they're hating the way they look or they're hating the way they go into the gym where it's like, did it really, was it beneficial? I can't tell you. And so I, I have implemented, um, with like females and and truly, and I can speak on this as like, um, I would love to say that there's like a perfect answer or whatever the case may be. Um, but Tom, honestly, like the only thing that I can say is, um, was any, I don't think any of you guys were here at PC. I know Nick was there. Um, but, uh, I really like to implement the flush. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Uh, Tom, have you looked into that at all? Yeah. Yeah. So I really like to implement the flush. Um, And what I will say is I can say, I wish I would have done that with Andrea after North Americans last year. Well, I guess 22 primarily because of the fact that what I did notice was with females, again, it's so crazy to see, but she had been on poultry for so long that her blood glucose was just shit. It was shot. And so even though we are slowly titrating food up, the blood glucose was just so unresponsive. So we, we did periods of intermittent fasting or 24-hour fasting and, and everything that we could possibly think of of changing things. And as soon as we swapped over to like a Mediterranean diet, swapped a, a lot of the carbs over for like more juices and berries and fruits and stuff like that, the blood glucose came right back down. So what I'm doing now is almost with whether it's a mediterr or sorry a um a recovery diet or not, I'll take and I'll almost always put them on the flush. And if people aren't familiar, look up Vince Pitstick and Jason Theobold. They talk about the flush quite a bit. Where you're basically just you're swapping all of the typical protein sources that your body's been used to. And the way that this was described to me, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure once I explain it to you guys, you will as well. Is how many of us have had to go maybe keto, maybe no fat, or maybe even very, very low carb to get individuals in shape for shows? Almost fucking all of us, right? And so I can't, and Tom, you I know you're going to know the fucking word, <laughs> but what is the process called where your body gets so efficient in converting protein to um, glycogen?
3: What do so,
1: Yeah. And so what happens is we just get so smart and efficient and and how many of us bump protein because we're like, we don't want to lose any muscle in prep. And so then what happens is then when you try and go back to that normal diet, your body's just so used to converting that protein to everything. And so what I've noticed is we just have to get whatever that source was, that protein source over into a different protein source that, so it's not constantly converting it. So I've done that and I've seen really good responses. I'll typically take and I'll put in, like you mentioned, a lot of fiber in there just to help with satiating um, and and satiation and uh, and whatever protein sources they were having, I'm typically flip-flopping it. And just trying to bring it down. And I've noticed a really good response with that, whether it's the recovery diet or just a slow titration of food and bringing it up. Uh, And I've seen really good responses with females in that. Um, I don't know what it is. Men, we're lucky. I always say it almost like if you have half a brain, you know what sicko is. You can diet a male it takes a lot to diet a female. It takes a lot of being able to understand cortisol and how to do it. So I think feeding into that mentality post-show takes even more. And to be honest, like, I wish I, I could give you like a, but I'm still figuring out myself to be completely Frank. Like there are certain points where Emma, just because you know, her, um, was like, like Tom mentioned, ready to just quit. She was like, I'm executing. I follow everything you tell me to do, and I'm up two pounds next check in. (laughs) I'm like,
2: fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Women
1: women are tricky. What'd you say?
2: I was just saying women are tricky. That's why I've I've never prepped a a female. And I mean, I probably wouldn't, honestly, (laughs) with what I know at the moment. It's it's just a, it's literally a different animal. (laughs) (laughs) Totally different.
3: So with that flush, are you still, um, accounting for a caloric, um, surplus in that scenario, or are you kind of keeping them around maintenance during that process? So, um,
1: I wish that I could honestly share my screen, but it'd be awesome. But like Emma was a perfect example. She was doing, I think like 600 calories, five times a week of cardio with two high days. And instantly I was just like, okay, cardio's out. We're going to transition you walking. I want all stressors out. Whatever that stressor is, um, we're going to implement some type of therapeutic yoga in there for your fifth training day. And we're going to take and just bring those calories up to like maintenance almost. But the majority of those calories are coming, excuse me, from berries, juices, not so much grains anymore. And when you think of it, those are probably not going to be the things that are really going to stick. So it's not going to be too satiating but it's also going to curb that sweet tooth because if you're having 50 carbs from berries or juice, every single meal, you're gonna be like, dude, I'm so tired of the sweet. Like I want something more savory. And that's where you can go ahead and hit them with those fibrous veggies. Like you were talking about earlier. Definitely. It's it's definitely a little different for sure. And
0: there your screen, but just keep in mind, I don't know if we'll put this one on YouTube, but I know most people just listen to us on Spotify and Apple podcasts. So you can share the screen to show us if you want, but just keep that in mind.
1: Um let's see here, let me pull it up real quick so that way I you guys don't see porn help when I do share my screen.
0: Um, <laughs> I mean, or you can just remind us to what you what you watch. Um,
3: why why does that lady have no arms?
0: <laughs> why does that lady have a dick? Why <laughs> is it bigger than mine? My very... woman now. All right, John, hurry up. I don't have any more jokes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um okay let me see you guys should be able to say how's how's your
0: day been while we wait for uh, oh never mind it's coming up fuck your day um okay yep. <laughs>
1: uh, can you guys see that there yeah yep yep i know ben's on your phone so
0: the john john has his phases up for his client emma so he's basically going through month one two three where so, it's all <laughs> recovery it's all. Her yeah. It's, and
1: she was someone who even was actually on HRT. And with this, most of these individuals, I'm able to fix hormone or I guess do hormone restoration pretty quick for her. Um, her progesterone still never came back up Uh, test, all of those numbers, thyroid markers, everything got into good spots relatively quick. Um, but progesterone just never came back up. As soon as we put her on a little bit of progesterone and went at the HRT route, she got her cycle back. um. So that was very unfortunate. um. And especially because that probably is going to mean that, and she just, I don't know how much she wants to divulge, but a lot of that we all probably know means that she needs to get a GI map to see what's going on there. And she just didn't really want to dive into it. um. But so like immediately, this was like what I did was just four training days, three rest days, and here's the actual macros. I don't know if you guys are able to see that. Um, but there's the weekly calories and I got all cardio out. All she had was a 30 minute walk seven times a a week. So seven times a week, she would go outside and go for a 30 minute walk. Um, and so we jumped her. I may be able to, I think I have her previous plan here. So her previous was right here. Um, and she was doing, these were her, the calories right there. Um, I don't know. We may have to cut this part cause I don't know if I should be sharing her drugs. Um,
0: you guys have to watch the YouTube version if you <laughs> want. <laughs> yeah. <has>. two,
1: session, <laughs> two sessions of 400 calories and two sessions of 600 calories. And I could probably even go as far as into the layout of how that looked. Um, now it, it doesn't cause I had her peak week laid out here. Um, but yeah, so it was it was that right there. Two sessions of 400 calories and two sessions of 600 calories for cardio. Like most, we probably want that heart rate between 120 to 140. So for her, and I bring up her new plan here, um, I just dropped her to three session, or sorry, seven sessions of a 30 minute walk outdoors. I don't want your heart rate going over 110 beats per minute. And if you actually look, her last check-in here, um she was 125 rolling into peak week as soon as we did that there her weight average was 123 right here Mm. so i brought the calories up to four days of 1630 and three days of 1570 which her low days if you look at them right here were that 1157 and we had actually probably gotten rid of the medium days so the weekly calories were quite a bit different and cardio was out and the weight just continued to drop. And then finally she went ahead, and this is where she actually went off plan quite a bit and ate a box of Oreos every day. Um <laughs> but I was like, okay, and then that's what we were talking about, Tom, where it was like we're gonna implement the recovery diet. And I basically brought her up to um right here 1890 and uh 1810. There's about a 20 carb difference. Um I, I don't know, but my thought process is we know fat is the building blocks of lipids. Lipids are going to be obviously the building blocks for hormones. So I was like, okay, I I'll always want to get the fat up as quickly as possible. And I don't really like to take fat below 40 to 45 grams in a female if I can avoid it. So I try to keep that a bit higher. So the first thing I'll always do is jump that back up if I do have to bring it down. Um, but yeah, and then you can see kind of like her weekly calorie trends there and now she's um finally and she started at 155 she's now i don't know what is it's a 17 weeks post show and she's at 140 so about 17 pounds over stage weight um and in a relatively good body composition i won't go as far as to like share her check-ins and stuff on this because i don't know how open she wants to be with that she but looks, uh
0: she looks good though i've seen like how she posts yeah. some
1: so, and, and that's what I was saying. So like from here, just to kind of answer your question, Tom, from there, like you can see it's like up carbs, up carbs, up carbs, up carbs, and the weight trends or the averages are right there. So it kind of gives you a pretty good reference, but that stressor, like the cardio is the primary thing we were touching on is it, it being out. But to answer your question, um, what I did was like all juice and everything like that. So she went from having like, let see, this was her diet right here. Her low diet. She was having seventy-five grams of carbs, and they were cream of rice and canned pumpkin <laughs> to make sure she was still having bowel movements. um, And thirty-three grams of fat right there. So it was a pretty big jump right there from that eleven fifty-seven up to that right there of the sixteen and fifteen seventy. So, it makes sense. I would be curious to see when you guys implement it what you see, but I I've. For hormonal restoration, like I said, I've, I've seen pretty good, um, I guess, trends would be the best way to put it.
0: Well, anything else? I mean, we got pretty pretty deep in the weeds in a good way with this one. Do you guys have any thoughts? I mean, we'll eventually always do another one in the post-show phase because there's so, 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 so much that you can do with this. so much stuff between diet, training, nutrition, like everything, drugs, whatever, but- do you guys have any final thoughts that you guys wanted to share for me? Yeah, I did
1: have one question. So yes. actually be um, again, like I got to talk to Phil at nationals and I know that's your coach, Ben, I'll be excited for you guys this year. Um, Tom, are you competing this
3: year? Yep, We're
1: finally going to finally diet and going to pull out all that weight.
3: Yeah, I know. Right. It's going to be about 50 pounds. I'm going to do a light heavyweight show first. Um, and Fire. then at nationals do classic. So um, kind of, you know, be a little bit fuller at that first show and not have to suck me down. And yeah. at you know, USAs or North Americans, you typically have a couple days after weigh-ins to kind of fill back out. So that's why we're choosing classic at that show versus uh, regional is because, you know, that time window of getting losing 10 pounds of water in two days and then having to fill that back out in like yeah. a couple of hours, it's just going to lead to a little bit more stress and a little bit worse of a look than if I was to do it the opposite. But this prep is 100% a secret. I am not telling anybody when I am starting prep and not telling anybody what show I'm doing. So oh, I'll clean. just
1: know when you, you looked even more pissed off in the gym than usual.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I won't right? be able to go by the clothes and the hoodie being up because that's pretty common Tom there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll be able to look at your cheeks and, and be able to tell because you very much like me, you get the Asian moon face.
3: Uh, <laughs> Literally, I, I no, so, was not. Ahead, I, I had no idea which cheeks you were talking about there in the first place. I was like, oh, I can strip off right now if you guys want <laughs> 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 to tell you which I'm cheeks. <laughs>
1: Um, no, but so what I wanted to ask really quick then is because again, like I've, I have implemented before, it's just not my preferred method, Ben touched on it and you will kind of jump into like a dieting phase, I think is what you called it. Um, or I guess a recomp in that health phase when you do the, I guess, I don't want to say blast out of the show, but you use androgens out of the show. Do you do that? And when you're doing that, do you, um, do you re-jump cardio back up or is it maybe by just implementing a little bit rougher carb cycle how are you guys doing that cleanup phase um so really it's been a long time so i can't really
2: remember (laughs) but i'm i'm pretty sure rest days are pretty much zero carbs um just because you're not really needing anything at that point it's a nice day to just sort of lose some fat um but yeah i mean really i think he just sort of i think he would just pull food down a little bit to where you're not like you're not eating an amount that kind of makes you uncomfortable. It's more of a comfortable amount. You're not starving, but you're not pounding it down. Um, And then, yeah, if you need some cardio, you could do some of that as well. Really either method you could implement just whatever that person needs. Um, But yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't really remember. It's been quite a while. And I think the last time I was in that situation, I don't think I adhered very well during my cruise. So I didn't really have a chance to test that out, but yeah, I mean, the way I'm thinking, I think really whatever you would we- need to do, ideally food, so you don't have to eat as less, so you don't create too much more stress with cardio, but one or the other, I can't remember, to be honest.
1: And what about you, Tom? Um, Could you ask that question one more time? Yeah, please? no. So like when you, let's just say, again, I'm not going to use the last, but when you use androgens out of the show for that six to 10 week period, um, do you take that individual into a cleanup phase then? Or you're like, no, I kept them pretty responsive. What, like, what are you doing there?
3: So I can only speak from experience, and um, with my client that uh, that prepped Paxton, um, what we did was, you know, keep things in at thirty percent, and then um, we're about to enter into this cruise phase right now. Um, and what we're actually going to do is just kind of hold this look, not really look to recomp, not really look to push things up. So kind of, you know, just hold the look. Where it's at and kind of use that rebound slash reverse, get get him back to a healthy body weight. He's actually at the highest body weight he's ever been at right now, holding pretty, pretty solid condition. And then from that point onward, we're gonna, you know, just pull things back in terms of androgens down to TRT, uh, keep everything at baseline, just kind of hold that look. Um, obviously things are gonna get softer once you know, things, certain things come out of the equation, but you know. Um, that just comes with the territory you're either going to get soft post show immediately after with those drugs coming out or you're going to get soft six to eight weeks after it's really I don't think there's a right or wrong way and obviously it comes down to the individual but not really using that phase as a recomp for me personally I don't really want to put someone into a deficit after they yeah been that, in- that's why I was asking more so than anything. Yeah, so I don't really want to put someone into a deficit after they've been on a deficit for like the past 20 weeks. Um, we kind of want to, you know, keep them in a pretty healthy amount of food, kind of let those diet, um, what's the word I'm looking for diet, um, mental, yeah. uh, mental issues that come along with dieting kind of dissipate in that period.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. So just, uh, so we could touch on this really quick, I guess is like, so everyone can understand those who want to compete year after year and think you're making huge progress, um, Either way, we'll use your scenario and you can map out your time. Then I'll map out my timeline. Um, And so for me, it's typically, like I said, uh, eight weeks. We're able to have some type of freshen up, get the body back to a good spot. Eight weeks, as long as you can keep yourself in a good spot, then we're able to, let's just say, map out that 20-week push there. And then another eight weeks in between, because that's the bare minimum we're probably going to want to go for a health phase. And then you have your 20 week prep. So if we do the math there, that's your push and your prep, that's 40 weeks. And then eight weeks of health phases on both sides, that's another 16. So just for all of you who are aware that right there is 56 weeks, not even a year (laughs) Um, for you who think that you're going to do the exact same show and come back and be 20 pounds heavier.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Time flies. And when you put that on paper and actually see that, those weeks, you know, kind of planned out in those phases, you can kind of see, okay, maybe I don't have as much time as I thought I did in the first place. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And I I think a lot of people too underestimate how long those health phases take, Um, you know, eight weeks, I know a lot of people that don't even do that much. And they need to be doing more than that. You know, again,
1: like, I want to preface that with eight weeks is like, if you're getting fucking healthy, because I would say that's like Ray. the big animal, right? As Ben just said, some probably fucking need more than that.
2: <laughs> Most, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> we should do a pod next time on uh insulin and gh and the the two being intermingled. Oh
0: oh yeah. I wanna I want to do a whole episode on uh androgen, HgH, insulin synergy, and uh yeah we'll go
3: fucking hard i just just read three books on insulin in the past month so i am fully um i'm fully on three books i don't even think if i could read three books in a year i'll send a thing i I
0: can even read
1: no i'm gonna download the (laughs) podcast because i can't listen to or i can't read shit that's
0: why i just talk a lot because i low-key can't read i'm just like Floyd Mayweather, but white. So anyway. That's
3: the only way I can go go to bed at night is if I read something. I If I watch TV or something, my brain is literally like. Is that snake really in on... prep? Um, honestly, it gets better on prep because I'm so dead. Like, cardio and shit that I sleep so much better. But in the off season, I'm tired throughout the day. But like when it's time to go to sleep, I'm, my brain is just wired and I just need to read something and just turn that brain off.
2: That's wacky. I've never had the patience to
3: read
1: You're a different animal.
0: Instead of of wet dreams, Tom just like wakes up and just like he's like, "Oh, there's sludge in my bed." And it's like, "What were you dreaming about, Tom?" He's like, "I dreamed that I was just (laughs) just injecting Gino Pen after Gino Pen." (laughs) That's
3: pretty much how all my dreams go. If if I'm not, if I'm still having dreams, obviously the cannabis fucking ruins that for most people. So
0: He, he doesn't snooze. He just like. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> La <carna team. laughs> that's wild man yeah because my insulin or my my insulin my thought like attention span is already bad the adhd is pretty bad it gets even worse in prep where i'm like put on it whatever you want because it doesn't matter i'm gonna lose it after two minutes um so i can't even imagine trying to actually read um i know if i were to read something that actually caught my attention it's not happening before bed because then I'm going to continue to think about things when I should be going to sleep. I'd have to read like the most boring book in the world. Like I should read the notebook or something.
0: <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 I think, great. Don't you shit on the notebook. <laughs> and I, I've never actually read it. I just saw the movie.
2: But <laughs> yeah,
1: the movie's great. Yeah, no, the movie's great. I agree with you right there. Um yeah. No, 100%. That's interesting. No, definitely send me those books though, Tom. I'll see if I can buy the the Audible version. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's probably an ai app to put it where i can just read it to you honestly like there, there probably is actually that for everything, That's
3: just, for everything why are we even bodybuilding jensen just came up with like a billion dollar idea right there so
0: well we're gonna close it out then before anyone steals that idea <laughs> but guys for joining us glad we we're able to get the og squad together as always going to toss our Instagrams in the description below so that you guys can check us out. If uh, you ever want to be coached by any of us, check out all of our free info. Ben's Ben's playing with his beard, looking all snazzy, but (laughs) yeah. uh, And if you want to support us, you know, for free, just uh, share our shit around, whether it's this or our free stuff on Instagram or I know me and John of YouTubes and stuff, but yeah, listen to us.
1: Yeah. Ring the bell.
2: Ring, ring that bell, but see you.